to US politics now, and the Democrats have suffered a big electoral defeat in the state of Virginia, raising questions about their future prospects in Congress. Glenn Youngkin's surprise victory over the Demi- Democrat Terry McAuliffe in the race for governor of Virginia comes after President Joe Biden twice went to the state to campaign for McAuliffe. Here's Youngkin after winning a ballot widely seen as a referendum on the Biden presidency. My fellow Virginians. We stand here this morning (laughs) at this defining moment, a defining moment that, yes, started with two people on a walk and a defining moment that is now millions of Virginians walking together. Our U.S. correspondent Simon Marks joins us now. Good morning, Simon. Morning, Corin. This is a big wake-up call for the Democrats. Massive wake-up call for the Democrats. And it's not just in Virginia where the Republicans made headway. They also performed much more strongly than expected in the race for the governor's mansion in New Jersey. Uh, The incumbent, a Democrat, is narrowly ahead there as counting continues. But neither of these races were supposed to be close. Uh, Months ago, when they got underway, particularly the race in Virginia, uh, the Democrat, uh, Terry McAuliffe, one of the big beasts in the Democrats' political jungle. He's very friendly with Bill and Hillary Clinton. Their association dates back all the way to the 1990s, was widely assumed to be the favourite. He was campaigning to win the keys back to the governor's mansion because he's a former governor of Virginia. But in the intervening weeks and months, everything started going wrong for Joe Biden's presidency. The botched withdrawal from Africa. Afghanistan, the president's absolute failure even now to get the two key planks of his domestic agenda, that enormous infrastructure bill uh, and a separate massive public spending bill passed through Congress because he can't secure unity among his own fellow Democrats uh, on Capitol Hill. All of that gave Terry McAuliffe with increasingly thin gruel to offer the voters in Virginia and Glenn Youngkin played a clever game. He did not attach himself to Donald Trump like a barnacle. He said he was honoured to receive Donald Trump's endorsement in the race, but he sought to avoid being dragged into a debate about the worst excesses of the Trump administration and instead tried to focus on issues that he believed people in Virginia cared about. The state of education in the uh, state, uh, pocketbook issues like the economy, and we're seeing much more broadly on a national scale voters in New Hampshire last week, 68% of them telling pollsters they believe that the country under Joe Biden is on the wrong track and Republicans in Virginia and also in New Jersey absolutely capitalised on that yesterday Trump was involved though wasn't he? I mean he's still out there lurking around Uh, Very much so. I mean, this is very good news for Donald Trump. There's no question about that. Uh, It reignites the possibility. It clearly fuels the likelihood now that Republicans are going to recapture both houses of Congress in midterm elections in November of next year. And Donald Trump absolutely remains the favorite to be the Republican Party's presidential candidate in 2024. Youngkin never campaigned in person with Donald Trump. Donald Trump used to try and phone in to the 
these uh, rallies and every time Youngkin got wind of the fact that Donald Trump was going to be placing a phone call to uh, election rallies in the state, he stayed away. So he sought to uh, put distance between himself and Donald Trump. But there's a possible playbook for Republicans in states where, particularly among women suburban voters, Donald Trump is a, a drag on the Republican Party. This shows that there's an opportunity for Republicans not necessarily to be entirely Trumpian in approach, uh, but to eke out, to, to, to secure, in this case, a big victory in the state of Virginia by talking about issues that voters directly care about without directly confronting the man who looks like he's going to be the party's political standard bearer in 2024, barring unforeseen circumstances. OK, so the Democrats, presumably at some point, they will get these big spending bills through. That will have some impact on the economy. And I'm wondering also the effect of the ongoing COVID pandemic. It hasn't gone away in the US. How much of a drag was that for voters uh, turning on Biden? Well, definitely a big drag because uh, the Republicans in Virginia uh, rounded on the Democrats for having kept uh, the schools closed in the state during the pandemic. And lots of talk, of course, there about vaccine mandates that Republicans uh, oppose and and face mask mandates as well. The wearing of face masks uh, uh, largely opposed by Republican uh, voters. Uh, I I mean, I, I don't think it's absolutely axiomatic that these two spending bills are going to pass. I mean, we can't after week here. We now live through allegedly make-or-break weeks for the Biden presidency and by the time we get to Friday Nancy Pelosi in the House of Representatives still hasn't put anything to a vote because she still hasn't quite threaded the needle in terms of securing the support that she needs to get these measures passed. Similar uh, difficulties uh, on the Senate side with regard to the broader uh, public spending bill and as a result Joe Biden of course was denuded at the COP26 summit in Glasgow He could make promises about what he says he's going to do about climate change in the United States. But that legislation is still languishing up on Capitol Hill with no clear indication as to whether votes are about to take place or not. A lot of work to do. All right. U.S. correspondent Simon Marks.